Abruptly, the floor shifted under their feet. It shuddered and began to tilt. The men looked at each other, alarmed. Only three dollar remained placid. We've lifted off, he said. Whatever the lady plans for us, she wants to keep us close. To observers on the outside, the liftoff of the lady's vessel presented an astonishing sight. First, the great sprawling structure of the palace lit up like a beacon. It became a gaudy confection of light. It glistened like a jeweled crown perched on the highest peak of Mesa Port. Its gleaming spires sparkled and shone. It dazzled brighter than the eye of God. Then, a great deep note began to resonate through the city. It swelled and ebbed as a grand tide of sound, vibrating up through the rock itself. Now, the entire top section of the palace lit up in frosty beams of light. Glimmering in the night, the upper half of the palace detached from the framework of light that held it. It lifted off its golden cradle and rose gently into the sky above the city. The people poured out into the streets, gasping and shouting and pointing. Even the normally stolid dragons stopped to stare upward. Shouts of celebration and joy rose into the air, rising like the lady's bright vessel. The ship slid gracefully out over the desert and began gathering speed. It swung around in a great arc and pointed itself eastward. Then it began rising straight up into the night. Colonel Dvashti watched the lady leave without visible expression. He stood on the highest balcony of his tower at the opposite end of the city and watched as the pebble of light streaked away toward the stars. At last, a faint smile appeared on his face. His mouth tightened, his eyes narrowed. He understood the lady's retreat better than she did. The males of his species knew this dance much better than the females because the males had a lifetime of practice. She danced away, thinking she danced in anger, even she believed it. But in truth, her actions sent a much more tantalizing message. She dared him to follow and prove his worthiness. He would have to demonstrate his ferocity before she would surrender to his triumph. Dvashti allowed his outer face to wear the same expression as his inner one, a grin of happy expectation. He had the strength, he had the will, and he had a clear track toward his victory. He had eliminated everyone who might have challenged him for the lady's bed. The inevitability of his victory gave him a surging feeling of pride. He would topple the arrogant Lady Zillabar into his nest, and he would shortly father the next generation of Zashti children. He waited until the distant moat had disappeared into the eye of God. Then he turned crisply about and re-entered his tower, shouting as he hurried down the corridors, summoning his aides and spitting a stream of ominous orders. Far above, far away, the great vessel climbed majestically above the sea of air, climbed out of the well of gravity, and headed toward an enormous spired web that wheeled proudly in high orbit. It sparkled even brighter than its counterpart on the crown of Mesa Port. From a distance, it seemed as graceful as a dandelion drifting on the wind. But as Zillabar's vessel approached, its details became clearer 
and more deadly looking. It gleamed like a golden weapon, all daggers and spears. Among its many towers stood many projectors, accelerators, launchers, and disruptors. The lady had built a warship for her chariot and dubbed it the Golden Fury. Others, less respectful, called it simply the Zilla Barge, but not in the lady's hearing, of course. Now, the part of Zillabar's palace that served as shuttlecraft slid into its final docking maneuver. It fitted itself gracefully into the center of the great turning web of light and power. Once again complete, the golden fury glowed in readiness.